that's really like what is important in life is is your community, the community that you have around you. And so I think that's probably part of why I love filming weddings so much is because you really you get to see that community that a couple has built around them and, and all of the love and caring that they have for each other. Hello, welcome to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. I'm your host, Leah Lem. And I'm your other host, Co Primo. Miigwech for joining us today. Native Lights is, at its very core, a place for Native folks to tell their stories. Each week we have wonderful conversations with great guests from a lot of different backgrounds. These are policymakers, healers, artists, entrepreneurs, technology experts, authors, you name it. The episodes are stacking up. <laughs> Anywho, we're... I was like, are you just going to keep adding every yes, single <laughs> career? All right. I love it. I love and it. And we, we talk to these guests <laughs> about their gifts and how they share those gifts with their community. And it centers around this big point of purpose in our lives. And I can't wait to continue amplifying Native voices today. How is it going, Leah? Hey, it's good. How are you doing? Very good, very good. You know, just uh, continuing the, the wedding planning process, of course. You know, we're going to be able to milk your wedding planning process for like <laughs> another half a year. I'm hoping to only have, you know, every, the, the occasional update and, you know, not make it a recurring theme. But Right, right, right. We'll keep it to every other, you know, every fourth one. How about that? <laughs> exactly. No, but it is exciting. Well, I will say... Uh, Less exciting thing is collecting addresses, which I am currently doing right now. Um, <laughs> that's kind of my my job. But I just got a whole big batch of them going. So, like invites, yeah, like, or well, save the dates. Yeah, invites. We are we basically told everybody what the date is already. So, okay. to you know get ahead of that save the date process. Um, uh. So we'll be sending wedding invites. Uh, you know, six months out, hopefully, and. Well, there are many aspects to a wedding mm-hmm. to consider. I'm beginning to find that out, of course. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you don't have to do everything, but it is expected by everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's see. So you have a venue, you have a date. Sounds like invites are happening, websites mm-hmm. happening. We what about? In, yeah, what's up? Visuals, photography. Yeah, we are kind of in like the final processes of like getting a photographer so we're at least mm-hmm. getting that down uh, as far as the DJ that's that's another thing that we're hoping to you know to to lock down at some point and mm-hmm. you know we're very musical so hopefully we have some uh, you know music things happening too yeah little features here and there I can only imagine the lineup at your wedding like <laughs> <laughs> all your musician <laughs> friends Woo. <laughs> I know I know Anywho. That's right. But yeah, photographer is nearly done. All right. Well, we're going to be talking about photography today. You betcha. Today we're talking with Sage Yeager. She's a Prairie Island Indian Reservation citizen who is, as Leah said, an intimate wedding and elopement filmmaker. Um, she's the owner and operator of Sage Yeager Films. And she says she focuses on capturing candid and raw moments, letting the event speak for itself. And I also hear she's very much a dog person. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll ask her about her doggo as well. Yeah. Bonjour, Sage. Hi. How's it going? Mm-hmm. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Good. Nice to meet you too. 
Can you please introduce yourself uh, and you know where you're joining us from? Yeah, so Hamadak Yapi. My name is Sage Yeager. Um, I'm Bedewakitan, Dakota from Prairie Island, and I am joining you from Cottage Grove, so a couple miles north from Prairie Island. Very nice. Um, how's your family doing, you know, during the pandemic and all that? Yeah, thanks so much for asking. We're doing as well as can be expected. It was definitely scary in the beginning, as I'm sure it was for everybody, but um, you know, now that vaccines are a thing, my entire immediate family is like fully vaccinated and we all just got our boosters. So it's definitely a bit of a weight lifted off of our shoulders now, for sure. Yeah. That's good to hear. Glad that you guys are, you guys are doing well. Yeah. It is such a relief, isn't it? To get vaccinated mm-hmm. and everything like that. Oh, science. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so Sage, what is going on in your life right now? What are you, what's on the top of your mind today? Oh gosh. Um, on the top of my mind today, um, I actually just moved into a new house and it is very old. It just had its hundredth birthday. So <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about that recently, just like old homes. Cause this is the first time I've ever lived in anything old by, you know, post settilization standards. Um, And it's been really interesting. It's actually inspired um, kind of my next photo series. Um, It's just like the contradictions between being an Indigenous person living in a in a very old house that was built by white settlers. So it's it's interesting seeing you know the little characteristics and quirks that the house has. But at the same time, there's always that little pang of like, oh, but what was going on with my ancestors just down the road at the time? You know, so. Yeah, a hundred years. A hundred years seems like a long time, but it really isn't. I think about yeah. that a lot too. Oh, mm-hmm. it's it's incredible to think about, you know, what was happening then and what was happening like in Europe or Africa or in DC right. or whatever at the, all at yeah. the same time. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's really interesting too, like the things white Minnesotans consider historical, like this house, they would be like, oh my gosh, that's so, you know, old and cool. And I'm like, I guess, but there are people here long right. before that. And there's so much remnants of that that's so much older. But you know what my one of my biggest pet peeves is when people say like, oh, moving, you know, out east to like Boston or New York or something, there's just so much more history there. You know, all these <laughs> old things there is so much more history. I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> it didn't exactly. like magically start existing like before right. every, everybody else is here. Sure. So uh, yeah, that's a pet peeve of mine that like always centering <laughs> like history starting with contact. Uh, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Anyway, that's a long yeah. conversation. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, you know, before we get into, you know, what you're currently doing as a uh, wedding film, uh, filmmaker, uh, videographer, um, just could you talk about, you know, what set you on your path, you know, to to becoming that, um, you know, a little bit background on that? Yeah, for sure. It was definitely a long process. I think it took me a lot longer to do it than it should have because um, it was it was like a, a whole sort of belief shift that I had to do in order to do it. Cause I've never considered myself like a creative person at all. So I never thought of myself being in the field like this. And then I was actually in college for communication studies and I was doing an internship 
with the tribal community, um, working with the communications department. I was really fortunate, the director of the communications department, Raina Lennis, she sat me down right when the um, internship started and she was like, hey, I've seen some of the videos that you've made and I think you're really talented. Would you like to do this as like a big part of the internship, just creating videos and we'll post them on our social media, like outlets. And I was like, yeah, I love making videos. That sounds perfect. And so I was really fortunate. She she had ideas for videos that she wanted, but she really let me take creative control. And that's sort of when I really fell in love with it. And I was like, hey, if I can do this for money, you know, make a living with it, why not? Because I absolutely love it. Oh, definitely. I mean, once you find something you like and and you can make money off of it, come on now. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what more can you ask for? <laughs> so um, when was your first gig? Like, uh, like, do you remember, you know, your first experience and with that professional cloud around it? Yeah. So it was... Gosh, back in February of 2019, or not February, October of 2019, sort of right before everything with the pandemic started. And at the time, I wasn't really sure that I wanted to do wedding videography. I was still new to, you know, doing it professionally. And so I was just experimenting with all sorts of different types of of videography. And I was fortunate I reached out to um, a videographer in the Twin Cities and I was, I was really confident that I wanted to learn from females in the industry because it is a very male-dominated industry. Um, and actually, the first female that I reached out to, she was like, oh my gosh, I would love to have you. I have this wedding coming up. Um, please come. And, and I went, and she was so amazing. And I immediately fell in love with it. It's a lot of work. It's a whole day of, you know, you're on your feet constantly. But it's so rewarding being around couples who are so in love, and they're so grateful, and their whole families are so grateful. So... Yeah, it was kind of like an instant. I was just like, okay, weddings is what I'm doing now. <laughs> awesome. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today, we're speaking with Sage Yeager, a Prairie Island Indian Reservation citizen who is an intimate wedding and elopement filmmaker. Could you, you know, talk more about the philosophy that goes into your work, uh, you know, what you try to focus on and what the end result you want it to be. Yeah. Uh, so I always tell my couples, you know, when we have, we have an initial meeting before they book me and I always tell them my style is just documenting your day as it is. I don't really do a whole lot of posing with my couples. Um, I'll get like behind the scenes of the photographers posing them. But other than that, I just like to get those really genuine moments because I think that's what weddings are all about. And that's, you know, you're there with your family and all of your closest friends. And and so I really want to document that. Then when I edit it all together, I try to keep it as raw as possible. Um, And I really try to match it to like the couple themselves and, and, you know, their kind of energy because some couples are super lovey-dovey and others are super upbeat and like their wedding is a party, which I I love that. Um, And so I, I try to, you know, make the, the edit reflects that as much as possible. So um, to be candid, I am going to be getting married in mid-June. And I'm asking this, you know, for our, you know, our listeners, but also for myself, maybe a little bit. Are there any mistakes that you see while you do these weddings that, you know, couples make? Anything that maybe uh, they would uh, want to do over or anything like that? 
I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, congratulations, first Thank of all. You. That's so exciting. Yeah. Um, I think the main thing is just, and I've been really fortunate. I don't have a lot of couples or families that get too stressed out about wedding days, but I have seen it where, you know, things kind of go wrong and 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 some couples will really let that get to them. And they're like stressing out the whole day about things not going perfect. But I really think at the end of the day, everything works out how it exactly how it's supposed to. And, you know, your flowers arrive, arrive late, but it all works out in the end and just kind of accept and realize that it's a once in a life, well, hopefully a once in a lifetime thing and, and just embrace the day for how it is and how it goes. So speaking of stress, are there any like stressful points to your work? I feel like, you know, wanting to get it right and making sure to capture those moments. I could imagine like me, myself, as a videographer or photographer, like I'm not because I, I'd imagine myself like tripping and falling or something like that, like right when they're going to kiss. Yeah, definitely. I mean, those like once in a lifetime moments that you really have to get it right that first time, there's no going back and redoing it. Those moments for sure are so stressful. Um, I actually just filmed a proposal um on Sunday, this past Sunday. And it was my first proposal I've ever done. And I was just like sitting, hiding outside because it was like on a rooftop. So I was like sitting there hiding. And I was like, oh my gosh, like so nervous. My stomach was in knots. I was like, you only have one chance like to get it right. Um, And it all worked out, but really stressful like moments leading up to, to that. See, Sage, I need to hear about this more because I have a friend on social media who's a photographer and just posted pictures of catching a proposal. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you do it? Do, are you like walking by casually like, I'm nobody over here. And then like all of a sudden you <laughs> pop out your camera, <laughs> like paparazzi style. Yeah, it totally depends on like what the vision is of of the person proposing. So I actually, it was for my cousin. She was proposing to her girlfriend and she wanted it to be on the rooftop. She wasn't super concerned about it being like a total shock. Like she didn't, you know, care if she saw me because she had this whole um, like set up backdrop thing. So she knew that she was going to be getting proposed to. Um, so yeah, I just kind of like hid behind a little post outside on the rooftop um, and then popped out like as soon as I saw them come. Um, but I've heard a lot of people who they know the couple getting engaged, and so they have to wear like full on wigs and like sunglasses, and dress stuff. up like a tree. So, That'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so elopements and intimate weddings. Tell me more about eloping and why you're you know very interested in that and. Mm-hmm. Wow, I can't tell you when I got married every once in a while, I'm like, oh man. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice to take the pressure off? Just right. go to Vegas. <laughs> Hop on a plane and just <laughs> Yeah, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that's kind of what I love about them is there's so much um, you know, stress and pressure and time and money that goes into planning a big wedding. Um, and it, it, I don't want to say it takes some of the the significance of getting married away from it. Um, cause it definitely doesn't all the time, but it can, there's the possibility of getting super wrapped up in, in wedding planning and making it this big show. Whereas with elopements, there's really none of that. It's just the couple and they're really just there to, to celebrate their love. And 
a lot of times they bring family, which is what I prefer. I think if I ever got married, that's definitely what I would do is just like hop on a plane with my intimate family and, and, (laughs) you know, get the thing done. And so it's really fun, you know, going to all of these incredible places because Minnesota is so beautiful. I think it's, you know, one of the most beautiful places in the entire world, but getting to see so much other scenery and having, you know, really awesome backdrops in like national parks and stuff is, is super cool. So I think there's pros and cons to, to both having a big wedding and an elopement. And it, it really just depends on the couple and like their personality. Do you have a favorite elopement location? Um, so I actually have one coming up in Arizona and I've never, well, I've been to Arizona for like five minutes when I was driving sure. from mm-hmm. Vegas to Utah. Oh, um, only five minutes in Arizona? How fast you drive? <laughs> it might've been like 10 minutes. I don't know. <laughs> My mom was driving. I was, only I was out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we drove like right through oh, the Okay, got it. it. <laughs> so I guess I haven't, I haven't been there or done that yet, but I'm really looking forward to it. It's in like a a botanical garden. Oh, is it in the Phoenix area? It is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, aside, I I was at a (laughs) wedding at a botanical garden in Phoenix like three years ago. It's gorgeous down there. Maybe it's the same spot. (gasps) Who knows? I don't know how many botanical gardens (laughs) are in Arizona. (laughs) I have not done my research. Going to be honest. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Sage, is there any other kind of filmmaking you want to get into? Yeah, definitely. I I say, I like to say that I, I specialize in filmmaking so that I have more of like an option to do other things. I love working with the community whenever I can. Um, the past few years, I mean, with COVID, it's been a little different, but I've, I've worked on a consultant basis with the tribe and just coming in and, and doing videos when needed nice. um, of like different community events and stuff. Um, but with, with COVID, it's been less community events. So <laughs> been doing, trying to work with like doing virtual stuff. Um, and I love doing that. I really feel like, especially after a really busy wedding season, um, getting to, you know, come in and work with the community is, is a really nice refresh. And it just, cause I mean, it's where I started and it's where I, I learned to love it. So. Very great. Um, it's on your website that, uh, you uh, view video as the most powerful medium. Could you explain that? Could you explain why uh, you believe that and just maybe some memorable pieces of film that you like? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've always been a big a big film lover. Um, going to the movies has been my favorite thing to do with like my family and my sister especially. We both love, love movies. Um, but I think a really big like pivotal moment when I was like, holy crap, like video really has so much potential to make you feel things that, you know, you never would have otherwise. Um, I was watching a Facebook video and it was about something that I politically don't really agree with, but it was, it was so powerful and so moving that by the end of the video, I was like crying. And I was like, this is so weird because I don't really agree with the content, but it, it was so powerful. And I was like, that's, it's crazy that video has the the ability to do that and to really you connect with people in a way that you can't really um, from like photography and and other forms of media, which is it's amazing. It's what I love about it so much is you can really shift a video's perspective entirely with the addition of like audio, which I think is a big part of what makes video so moving. And it happens a lot when I'm editing like a wedding video. Um, I'll add in certain audio clips or like I'll switch out audio clips and it, it'll completely change the mood of the wedding. And 
the intro will suddenly become incredibly sentimental and you're like really like crying and and yeah <laughs> oh i bet i mean soundtracks and movies they get they get me yeah they get me going like, <laughs> yeah last the mohicans come on oh. uh, <laughs> that's like the ultimate soundtracks. hype music <laughs> <laughs> and like i don't know gladiator but that's oh. you know that's non-native related <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned sage thinking about audio for newcomers is there anything else you'd recommend for newcomers like or people who want to get into the biz um, how do people start out yeah I did I mean I watched so many YouTube videos when I was first starting out because there really is so much great content out there that you can get totally for free um And so, I mean, I spent many, many hours on YouTube just searching, like, what kind of camera equipment is best for people starting out. Um, And I started out on a Sony a6500, and I loved it. It's, I mean, super user-friendly, and it's a really nice camera to to start out on. Um, And it's, I mean, a little more on the pricey side, but not... I mean, camera equipment can really get up there (laughs) in price. So it's, it's not a nice middle ground for if you're wanting to get that really good quality, but at a price that isn't going to totally break the bank. Um, and I used it for, I mean, a good year and a half probably. And I would still be using it now if I hadn't just once had a, an experience with a Canon camera and the colors are so drastically different that I was like, okay, this is more my style. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, my, my best piece of advice when getting started is just doing so much research because I mean, what equipment you're going to use and and what you want to pay for that equipment is is really going to vary depending on where you are in your journey, how set you are on on wanting to become a videographer and and what you're using it for too, because cameras have so much variation between their technologies that, um, yeah, it really varies. Like if you want to do interviews, you're not going to want to use the camera that I use because it gets really hot really fast. Um, So it's not good for long-term stuff, but... Yeah, just doing research is my biggest piece of advice. Thank goodness for YouTube. YouTube yes. University. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. That was so helpful. I wish that was around <clears throat> when I was yeah. coming up. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today we're speaking with Sage Yeager, a Prairie Island Indian Reservation citizen who is an intimate wedding and elopement filmmaker. Um, I was curious, and this is the most hard-hitting question of them all. Um, I hear you're a dog lover. Uh, oh, we both have dog. We both have <laughs> dogs ourselves. Uh, could you tell us about the doggos oh, or doggo? For sure. Yeah. Um... So I actually just got a new puppy. Um, I got her last month um, and I forgot the puppy stage is, it's a lot of work. <laughs> um, and I have another dog, Bren, who I got him when he was three. So I skipped the puppy stage with him <laughs> and he is, yeah, he's, he's pretty cool. They're both pretty cool. Um, I've got Ren and Rhodes. <laughs> um, they're both, nice. I don't know. They've got, they've got personalities, you know, dogs. <laughs> They're so, I don't know, you know, people. They're very similar to people in that they're so different, each of them, mm-hmm. um, which I, I always forget until I get a new dog. And I'm like, 
you don't act like my other dog, which is so weird. Um, and yeah, they're really like the center of, of my life. I love them mm. so much. And I just, this past June, um, I lost my very first dog I ever had. Um, so it, it's been a, a tough transition from losing her to like getting a new puppy and lots mm. of tears. Cause they, they're not the same breed, but they're really similar breeds. So every now and then I get like a, a glimpse of her walking by and I think it's my last dog and I'm like, Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> so, yeah, but they definitely they definitely become you know such huge parts of of the family. What kind of dogs are they? I just have to ask. Yeah, Ren is a Corgi Papillon mix, and Rhodes is a Cavalier Spaniel Poodle mix. Wow, yeah. I like Hold it. On. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I gotta see a picture. Of, yeah, Sage, see tell one. me, are they the subject of many photos? Oh, for sure. Videos. <laughs> yes, that was actually when I when I was first starting out, and I I had just opened the the camera that I had bought, the Sony camera that I had bought. That was my first video I ever made, which is like following my dog around, like getting content of her. Um, yeah, because they, I mean, half of my camera roll is just my dogs doing the same thing every day. But every day, I'm like, gosh, you're so cute. I need to, to document this. Um, yeah. Totally <laughs> Is there a way you think that doing this work is an expression of yourself? Is uh, an outlet or a way yeah. you can put yourself into your work? Yeah, definitely. I think um, I'm a hopeless romantic for sure. <laughs> and so I love being able to be around couples who, you know, are so in love. They're getting married. It's all fresh and new and it's it's so fun. And then I get to come home and I get to edit that footage for hours upon hours. And so really just surrounding myself with love constantly, it puts you in such a good, happy mood to like carry on with the rest of your day. And it really, I mean, I think carries into how I live my life. It's just like constantly thinking about the love that others have for each other and that I have for, you know, other people. And yeah, it's, it's a really big part of my life. And especially growing up, like within my tribal community of like everybody watching out for each other. And that's really like what is important in life is, is your community, the community that you have around you. And so I think that's probably part of why I love filming weddings so much is because you really, you get to see that community that a couple has built around them and, and all of the love and caring that they have for each other. Yeah. Awesome. That sounds like a great outro to our episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thank that you for really that. really wonderful, Sage. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time for the chat. And yeah. we wish you, uh, of course, the best in your career and all that. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, too. It was so <laughs> great talking to you guys. So thank you to Sage Yeager. She's a Prairie Island Indian Reservation citizen who is an intimate wedding and elopement filmmaker. And she resides in Cottage Grove. I'm Cole Primo. And I'm Leah Lem. Miigwech for listening. Giga Wabman. Giga Wabman.
Native Lights, Where Indigenous Voices Shine is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. If you want to hear more Native folks talking about their gifts and finding their purpose, search for Native Lights, Where Indigenous Voices Shine wherever you find podcasts and find all of Minnesota Native News' content at minnesotanativenews.org.